0: Welcome to Horror Trash over the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And welcome back to part two of our Saw Through the Years episodes. Uh, episodes. Two-part special. Two.
1: Two-for-one special.
0: May have intended it, may not have. You'll never know. Um, so if you haven't listened to part one, what the fuck are you doing? Please go back and listen to that right now, and then continue with us. If you have to listen to part one, then you will know... In that episode, we discussed Saw, Saw 2, Saw 3, and Saw 4, uh, with the strongest entry up until that point being Saw. I'm sure you'd agree. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I agree. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, so that brings us to this episode, where we are discussing Saw 5, released in 2008, directed by David Hackle, uh, taken over from Darren Lynn Boseman, who had been a regular for three films before that. Uh, David Hackle also made Into the Grizzly Maze, Life on the Line, Daughter of the Wolf. Some of your favourites there?
1: Yeah, big fan of Daughter of the Wolf.
0: Yeah, was, huge fan. Is, is that about um, Daughter of a Werewolf? Uh, no, no, an actual wolf. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. God, not everything
0: has to be uh, horror related. Thank you very much. I will be sure to check that out. Um, budget. 10.8 million slightly more than the last two mm. and uh, made 113 Fancy. 113.9 million worldwide Oh, a little less than the is yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Patterson was apprehensive about sticking his head in a sealed box that would fill with water yes. uh, Scott Patterson being the actor who plays uh, Peter Strom uh, known from Gilmore Girls thank you <laughs> The trap was tested beforehand and didn't go well, which only added to his concern. He ultimately stepped up and did the scene himself without resorting to a stuntman. Uh, The trick to the stunt is that the walls of the box were slid open by stagehands, draining the trap as soon as he signalled with his hands. Uh, Several takes were required to uh, uh, capture the scene as he found himself uncomfortable at various points during the shooting of the scene. I mean, fair play, that's uh, quite the scene to film without any... Any well, dis- he did sort of all ever- stunts in Gilmore Girls. Oh, did he? Well, oh, so, okay. Yeah. Danny Glover was offered a chance to reprise his role in *The flashback, but he had to decline because of his shooting conflicts with the film Blindness. okay. That hit, smash hit Blindness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when director David Hackle screened the film for composer Charlie Klauser, the musician had to turn his back to the footage of the final ordeal um, for the last two victims as he couldn't stomach what he was seeing. Oh, Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's the first sequel in the Saw franchise not to open in first place opening weekend uh, at the box office. Do you know why? Because it was beaten by High School Musical 3.
1: High School Musical... Now, who? Who, in their right mind, would go and watch High School Musical 3 instead of seeing Saw 5? Who would do such a thing, Gary?
0: Listen. I was 16 at the time, okay? Um... You know, I was nervous that I wouldn't make it into an 18, even though I looked a lot older than 16. Uh, and eventually, I would go and see 18s whilst that age. So, you know, I could have gotten away with it. But my dad gave me the offer. I could either go and see Saw 5 of him, uh, or I could go and see High School Musical 3 for my sister's birthday. Uh, me being the clustered gay boy that I was, really trying to hide how gay I was, uh, I chose to go see High School Musical 3. Oh. Which was a big fucking mistake. Because... In comparison to High School Musical 3, this film is like an Oscar-winning masterpiece. I wouldn't go that far. That's, Would that's you rather watch game. this or, or High School Musical 3? I'd rather watch this. <laughs> um, High, High School Musical 3 is fucking abysmal. It's not great.
1: <laughs> I didn't I didn't actually see it in the cinema, so... I didn't prophecy. see either of these films
0: <laughs> in the cinema. Um, yeah, I kept up my tradition of waiting for it to come out on DVD and, and watched it there. Uh, the first Saw film I saw at the cinema was sadly Saw 3D. Um, Scott Patterson had to re-record his lines in ADR to make his voice deeper and more hoarse to reflect the voice of someone who just had uh, a pen stuck through their throat. Yes. Because I can't read the actual word for it, it's a big word. Um, <laughs> the Pendulum Trap was a real working model. Oh. However... The times when actor Jairus Jarski was underneath it, the metal blade was replaced into a foam one. Uh, the devices Jairus had to insert his hands into were all uh, also had foam in between them, protecting his hands from actually being crushed when he activated the device. Uh, but yeah, it's all done with practical effects uh, and it looks incredible.
1: Yeah, it does. It looks really good.
0: Uh, Scott Peterson did not know the film's ending. The SFX team started doing casts of his arms. Uh, later used to simulate his uh, bones breaking in the glass coffin room, and he asked what they were for. Patterson laughingly said that the SFX technician, surprised he didn't know, told him that they were killing his character off at the end of the film. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, The glass that Detective Hoffman falls into in the coffin in that trap is all made of rubber. Oh. And we get a body count of six, including Seth Baxter and Angelina Hoffman, whose deaths are shown in flashbacks. Uh, Malik and Britt's faces are faces? fates are unknown at the end of this film. However, Malik is revealed to have survived in Saw 3D. Britt's fate, however, is not revealed. So, it is your turn to tell us what happened in Saw 5. Yes.
1: Convicted murderer Seth Baxter wakes up chained to a table beneath a pendulum blade. A videotape informs him that he can release himself by crushing his hands between two presses. He does so, but the blade still swings down and bisects him as someone watches for a hole in the wall. In the present, following the events of Saw 4, FBI agent Peter Strahm escapes from the room he was locked in by Detective Mark Hoffman. He is then attacked by a figure in a pig mask and wakes up with his head sealed in a box being quickly filled with water. Outside, Hoffman delivers Corbett, the kidnapped daughter of Jeff Denlon, to the police and claims that they are the only survivors. Strahm, having survived the trap by performing a tracheotomy with his pen, is brought out alive as well, much to Hoffman's shock. During a press conference, Hoffman is promoted to detective lieutenant and credited with closing the jigsaw case. Hoffman later finds a note in his office reading, I know who you are, and learns of Agent Lindsay Perez's death while taking Strahm's cell phone from the police evidence room. At the hospital, Strahm tells Hoffman that Perez's last words were Detective Hoffman and questions how he escaped the plant. After being put on medical leave by his boss, Dan Erickson, Str- oh, excuse me. After being put on medical leave by his boss, Dan Ericsson, Strahm, suspicious of Hoffman, decides to uncover his involvement with Jigsaw and takes case files of Jigsaw victims to research them on his own. I've just lost the ability to read, I do (laughs) apologise. In an underground sewer level, five people, Ashley, Britt, Charles, Luba and Malik, awaken with collars locked around their necks, Connected by cables to a set of blades mounted on the wall behind them. The keys to the collars are in individual glass boxes across the room. A videotape informs them that they are all connected and they must do the opposite of their instincts if they are all to survive the tests ahead of them. Everyone survives the first game but Ashley who fails to retrieve a key and gets decapitated when the collar retracts in a very poor CGI this is probably the first time in this series where I've been like, ooh, that effect is a bit shit. Yeah. In the second room, which is filled with explosives on a tiber, Malik, Britt and Luba each retrieve keys to bomb shelters set in the walls, leaving Charles to die when the timer expires and the explosives detonate. In the third room, Britt kills Luba and she and Malik connect her corpse to five cables to complete an electric circuit that unlocks the next door. In the final room, Malik and Brit find a machine fitted with five saws and a beaker requiring 10 pints of blood to open the final door. They realised that all prior tests could have been completed without casualties if they had worked together and figure out their connection. They were all involved in a building fire that killed eight people. Malik and Britt concede a truce and each slice an arm in the sores to provide the blood needed to open the final door. Meanwhile, Strahm learns that Hoffman killed Baxter years prior as revenge for murdering his sister and made it look like a jigsaw game to get away with the crime. A series of flashbacks reveal how John Kramer abducted Hoffman after the fact and blackmailed him into becoming his first apprentice and helping him set up his future games. Strahm concludes that everyone was meant to die at the plant except for Corbett and Hoffman, who would appear as a hero. Elsewhere, Strahm's activities draw Ericsson's concern, which is further fuelled when John's ex-wife, Jill Tuck, who received a box and a videotape from John's will, approaches him and claims Strahm is stalking her. After Hoffman tells Ericsson about Strahm's theory of a second jigsaw accomplice, Ericsson tries to call him. Hoffman intercepts the call on Stram's phone and immediately hangs up. Now suspecting that Strahm is involved, Ericsson has one of his agents track the phone's signal. Following the signal to an observation room for the sewer game, Ericsson finds the phone and his own personnel file, both planted by Hoffman. He also finds the still living Brit and Malik, and calls for medical attention before putting an all-points bulletin on Strahm, convinced that he is Jigsaw's successor. Meanwhile, Strahm follows Hoffman to the renovated nerve gas house and finds an underground room containing a box filled with broken gas shard, a glass shards. Glass. Oh my God! Glass shards <laughs> and a tape. So the nerve gas house is the house in Part Two. In the tape, Hoffman urges Strahm to enter the box, but he stops it short and ambushes Hoffman, whom he seals in the box. Strahm believes he has finally caught Hoffman, but the door to the room suddenly shuts itself and the walls begin to close in as the box is lowered beneath the floor. Strahm finishes playing the tape, which warns him that if he does not enter the box, he will die and edited tapes will be broadcast to frame him as Jigsaw's apprentice safe inside the box, Hoffman watches as Strahm unsuccessfully tries to escape the room and is ultimately crushed to death. Yeah. And we end on him being crushed to death. In um again, again, it's taking something from another film and showing us what would actually yeah. happen. So obviously in Star Wars A New Hope, there's the incredibly intense scene um where the trash uh, what's it called? Compactor yeah. room starts closing in on them, and this is exactly what happens at the end of Saw Five. Mm-hmm. But then we actually do see him
0: being squished. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember when I first watched it. I was in disbelief for that ending. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's one of those because you know this is our lead character. This is our hope at stopping uh, Hoffman doing what he's doing. And he is... He dies in a very fucking miserable way. A, a yeah. very inventive way. Um, yeah, I, I was really shocked by it. Um, I mean... The thing is... When Saw 5 was first released... Everybody fucking hated it. You'd think it was the worst film I've ever fucking made. Um... Now it's number three in our results on the poll. And to be honest, from the first time I watched it, I, at this point I was so invested in these films that they, they were starting to become my most anticipated films. I just needed to know what fucking happened next. Um, but I've never hated this film. What I will say is it's definitely a filler film. Yes. Up until that ending, um, and the audio of the little bits with Strom and Hoffman, they were obviously necessary to progress the story, but everything else just feels like Oh, we need another sore film. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah, it does. It does. The traps, the people going through the traps, that felt very. You know, the sore. I mean, the first film kicked it all off. The second film, you had um, a great setup there. Um, With the third film, there was obviously the involvement with uh, Amanda and the whole ongoing traps. The fourth film was Rig from the other films. With this one and the people in the traps, you're like, okay these are just a bunch of random people. They are. So they,
1: they were all connected to an event, but that event wasn't connected to no, anything that no. we'd previously had. Whereas in other films, and, and in part four, it became quite confusing, but where in the previous films, they were all connected in some way. Even the people who felt random, there was a connection there. Yeah. Whereas in this one... We start off the film with Hoffman being the bad guy, Mm. and then we end the film with him being the bad guy. Yeah. And nothing really has been developed. No. Um, It's got a lot going for it, and I would never turn around and say this is a terrible film. There is only one film in this franchise (laughs) that's truly terrible. But it's not a great film because no. it's just kind of there. It just yeah. exists. Again,
0: the only time you could watch this film is if you are doing a marathon of the franchise. Yes. You, you never. I mean, this is probably the one the most where you can never sit down around and watch Saw 5. No.
1: No, because you have no idea who anyone is. Yeah. Or what any of it yeah. really means.
0: Do you know what they should have done with this? They should have just added the bits with Strom and Hoffman onto the end of Saw 4 and just made Saw 4 longer.
1: Yeah. What... I also found it a little confusing with the film is that Hoffman and Strom actually look quite alike. Yeah. Um, but this is what Sander was saying on his yeah. comment. They, they do look very much alike. They very much look alike, uh, which can be confusing when they've got scenes together. Um, it's it's all right. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, it's n- nothing groundbreaking, no. but it doesn't completely ruin... Uh, an established series. You know, it doesn't it doesn't go too far from the formula, but then also doesn't go far enough from the formula. No. It's just
0: formulaic. I remember the one big thing about this film that everyone spoke about was, not the ending, not the fantastic opening sequence, but that fucking box that Jill Tuck's given that you never get to see the, <laughs> the contents yeah. of. What was in that box? Oh my God, this film's terrible, but what was in that fucking box? And One, seven. The, the result in 6, uh, you know, I mean, I really love Saw 6, but what was in the box? <laughs> I don't know what everyone's thinking was yeah, in it's there. Not to, it's
1: not Gwyneth Paltrow's head, is it? Um, best trap, pendulum trap, hands down. Yes. Again, taking something from an older film, yeah. the pit in the pendulum, and being able to see exactly what that
0: would look like. Yeah, and the best kill with Peter strong's closing on walls from Star Wars. Yes. Um, you know... It, it it this film does know how to to include some inventive deaths. Um, most likable character by default, Peter Strong. There's not really enough interesting characters in this film well, to make very, anyone else stand out. Everyone's
1: very
0: bland. Yeah, I mean Peter Strong's good enough yeah. in this. You know you, you're rooting for him. Uh, most unlikable character is Charles, the investigative. Journalists.
1: Well, I put the famous five. Um, all I, of them? <laughs> I thought they all were. But that's the idea. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. That you wanted them to people, die. Yeah. People died. They covered it up. It's just, it had absolutely nothing else to do no. with the rest of the film, really.
0: <laughs> and that brings us to Source 6, uh, released in 2009, directed by Kevin Grutar. Uh, who made Jackals uh just about visions saw 3D also editor on Titanic and Donnie Darker. nice good bit. um budget 11 million dollars and the lowest grossing film in the franchise made 68.2 million and that's by quite a margin which is a shame because it's, this is one of the better sequels
1: but it's a reaction to the it's previous sort of five, film yeah. And that's what I think sometimes I tend to forget is that a low a low, um, gross doesn't necessarily mean that that film is bad. If it's a sequel, if it's part of a yeah. franchise, it means that the previous film was fucking dire. <laughs> but people don't want to go out and
0: see a repeat. Well, you say that this is the year where it started competing with another very popular horror franchise. This was the year Paranormal Activity was released. I see. And took over the October release slot. There we go. Which led to, uh, basically, the temporary end of this franchise. Yeah. Y- you can blame Paranormal Activity for that. Uh, which do you prefer out of the two franchises? <laughs> um, oh, God.
1: It'd have to be Saw. I think they both run the risk of being the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think so because of its um, twists makes it just a little more interesting. Paranormal Activity has twists, but they tend to be a bit stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... I mean, do you remember this year and um, the big change in horror? Because, I mean, you didn't really keep up much with modern horror, did you? No, I
1: didn't.
0: It, no. it was a big, a, a really fucking big deal because, you know, I mean, i would obviously seen each of these Saw films every year um, when they were released on DVD, but in the cinemas, you, you know, the word, word of mouth and everything was getting round about all of them. You know, they were always really busy at the cinema. But this year was when people just stopped talking about Saw. Mm. and the big deal was Paranormal Activity. Like, when I went to see Paranormal Activity at the cinema, it had, like, three showings had sold out. You had to wait uh, until uh, later on to go and see it. It Mm. it was a massive deal. And you knew at that point Saw was in trouble at the box office. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, I mean, I don't know if that says a lot about the way people looked at horror at the time in society, because... When Saw first started, you know, as you said in the last episode, you know, you got your very stylistic uh, metal music video style, and you know the gore was really in at that time. By this point, do you think people were just sick of seeing gore? Because I mean, when you look at the shift to Paranormal Activity, a film with not a spot of gore in sight, and bringing back found footage, it's a big jump.
1: Yeah, and these films are always going to run their course because. You're getting into the territory of what actually can you do to freshen up a Saw film. Yeah. But yet be true to what a Saw film is. What can you actually do? Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Hellraiser, Mm -hmm. you know, Leprechaun. All of these franchises are essentially the same film over and over again. With just different aspects. And it works Mm. for a lot of them. Um, When you're going into space, it gets a little ridiculous. Um, But it works. It's a formula that works. People get what they're expecting. And it works for Saw. Mm. But because Saw is so much about that central plot of, um, what's his name, John? John Kramer. John Kramer. Yeah. Because that's what that film is about. There is only so much you can do with it yeah. before it becomes ridiculous mm. and stupid and kind of insulting to its core audience yeah. who are following a timeline. Um, so, yeah, I think by this point, it had run its course.
0: Yeah. And that translates over to, it translates over to every trend. I mean, when Store died out, the ripoffs died out. Yeah. But then that's when, you know, Paranormal Activity and Found Footage took over. And again, people got bored of that. That franchise ended when it jumped the shark and got really stupid. Yeah. Uh, And then we've got what is now the more polished um, and more well-made type of horror films, like from A24 and and Blumhouse to a certain extent. You know, more inventive horror films. And that's a trend that's hard to die out. I think we're with that trend now for a long time.
1: Yeah. Um, Because
0: even, you know, the latest Saw film, the trailer for it, Spiral, it looks very fucking polished. Jigsaw is a very polished film. That trend isn't going to go anywhere, I don't think.
1: No, but I'm looking forward to Spiral... And I think Spiral will do something different. Yeah. But it is essentially the same. It's going to be the same. It has to be the same. Yeah. It has to be a killer setting up traps Mm -hmm. to punish people for some reason, in some way. These traps are going to be over the top. It's going to be violent. Uh, and there's going to be aspects of police procedures within yeah. it, and potentially twists and turns and red herrings throughout. Yeah. That is what a Saw film is. Yeah. And you can do it in a different way, you can look at it from a different angle, but that is your core film. Mm-hmm. You know, and that... I think if you've got that every single year, year after year Mm. after year, with kind of the same characters, Mm -hmm. it's boring. It's gonna get boring. And it's gonna get repetitive. And I genuinely think, and spoiler alert, Saw Free is a big pile of fucking shit. Saw 3? Like, uh, 3D. 3D. Saw <laughs> so 3D. It's very confusing having 3 and 3D. Saw so 3D is a bag of shit because, mainly because it should have ended here. Yeah. Yeah. This, this should, should have, have been, been the last, last film yeah. in the franchise. Yeah.
0: Saw 3 should have been the last one, but then, you know, they justified <laughs> Saw 3 it a bit. should have been the last they, one. They justified it a bit continuing it, you know, like I said, Saw 5 was filler, but then this film really justifies it, you know, this is a good film, um, and it should have ended. The yeah. ending of this film is a good ending. It should have end. I mean, spoiler alert again. It should have ended with Hoffman dying in that bear trap. That should have been it. Yeah. That should be the end of the franchise. It should have. But here we are. And bring us on to the trivia after that tangent. The plan was to bring Dr. Gordon back in this instalment. Uh, but this did not materialise because er- Kerry Owls is busy. Busy? Was busy um, doing Kerry Owls stuff. Yeah. Busy. Really struggling to keep this American <laughs> accent going. VH1's reality show Screen Queens, hosted by none other than the Queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis. We need to watch uh, this, do, by the we way. We do, we uh, Not to be confused with the Emma Roberts Screen Queens. Um, this is a reality also show... Also starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, also starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, the winner, Tenedra Howard, won a role in this film. She plays Simone in the opening sequence. Oh, man, she does. Just- alright John. I, I really like Simone I wish she had a bigger role yeah. I mean th- there wouldn't be an excuse for her to have a bigger role but she's no. good she's good um, she brings up a lot of points that everyone's thinking <laughs> in the fucking film um, at 8 minutes the carousel trap is the longest trap in the series yes it's intense it is a week before filming began uh, the director was informed that his film would be post-converted to 3D However, the director was upset at this decision as he hadn't planned or storyboarded anything as such to fit in with this. The idea was drop for this installment only to bring it to the next one.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, this is the lowest grossing uh, film out of the whole franchise. Uh, audio for the other has earned over $100 million. Um, Saw 3D was originally intended to be released in two parts but the disappointing... Well, I mean, it explains how rushed it is. Yeah. Uh, But the disappointing box office performance led to Saw 3D being released as a single film. This wasn't screened for critics, and that's what they started doing at this point now, to stop screening films for critics in this franchise. Mm. It was banned in Thailand. Okay. uh, Just this one? Yeah. um, Less than a week before its premiere, the film was rated X in Spain due to its glorification of violence. Therefore, couldn't be shown in mainstream theatres, only in X-rated theatres. Disney and Buena Vista, who was distributing a film uh, in Spain, pulled it from distribution, even though they already had a strong marketing campaign going on and over 300 copies of the film sent to cinemas. Uh, Buena Vista tried to appeal the rating, but was unsuccessful. and In the end, they released the film in a cut version. Oh, okay. It was also... Um, shown in Philippine theaters months after *Saw* three D was screened there. That would have been confusing. <laughs> yeah, this mainly has to do with the film's distributor in that country, Pioneer Films, having trouble uh, editing the film to achieve a wider, friendlier rating R thirteen. As opposed to the American version, which would have received an R eighteen. Imagine trying to edit a *Saw* film to be fucking suitable for thirteen-year-olds. Hell. It, it wouldn't be a film. There's nothing there. Careful. Um, Pioneer Films was targeting as many screens as possible and the biggest film theater chain uh, in the country, SM Cinemas, have not played R18 films since May 2006. That's crazy to that they had all these rating problems six films into the franchise. Yeah. Like And there was no problems before that. Other than still resubmitting a few times to the MPAA. Um, but like in the Philippines and Spain, why have they only decided to have problems with Soar at this point? I don't think this is more gory. No.
1: Believers. I mean,
0: it's on, on par with them. With four and five, there's no one who bad about Soul 3. No. Uh, in the early planning stages, one discarded story idea had Detective Hoffman taken on the Mafia. Would you love to see seen that? No. The Mafia would have been there like, cast us, cast us.
1: It would have just been another aspect thrown in the pile. <laughs> so stupid. It would have. It would have just been so <laughs> stupid and confusing
0: <laughs> and... Uh, prior to the release, Costas uh, didn't even know if his character lived or died in the ending. Due to shooting multiple endings, uh, one of those included a revenge trap set up by Stram for Offman to die in. Yes, that's how it should have fucking ended. Yeah. But count of 13, the most by this point in the franchise. In Source 6, Lone Sharks, Eddie and Simone, locked in head harnesses with screws aimed at their temples, are given one minute to carve flesh from their bodies with uh, their provided cutting tools and weigh the scale individually in favour for survival. When the overweight Eddie slices chunks of fat from his stomach, the contraption kills him after Simone chops off her entire arm and tips the scale uh, until the timer expires. Yeah. What a way um, to open. What a way to open. Um, really
1: over the top. Yeah. Really gruesome. Um, again, she just, she's the one that won the uh, Screen Queen's yeah. TV show. She does a really good job, Jesus. actually. It looks really real, like her arm. Yeah. Looks really real when she, like, throws
0: it onto the scale. Yeah. I just I just love the attitude of the character. She's just like, fuck this shit, I ain't having this. Yeah. Uh, And then later on, you know, when Hoffman, who... By the way, in this film, it looks like he's dying to give himself away. He keeps slipping up so much. He's like, oh, did you learn anything? And she's like, the fuck could I have learned from chopping my arm off? That's in the next film. No, she does it again. she? she brings it up twice. Oh. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's the best thing about Saw 3D. Um, Their game is observed by Mark Hoffman, who has just escaped from the trap that killed Strom. Uh, using Strom's severed hand, he plants his fingerprints at the scene. The police and FBI agent Dan Erickson investigate, along with FBI agent Lindsay Perez, who was revealed to have survived uh, from the previous film, dun, dun, dun. but was concealed by Erickson for a protection. I'm glad she was brought back. Um, she's a good character. During the autopsy on Eddie, Dr. Adam Hefner reveals the scalpel used to cut the flesh pieces from his body is the same blade used years ago on Seth Baxter. Perez and Erickson reopen the investigation to analyse the videotape found at the crime scene and distort the speaker's voice. Hoffman arrives at Jill Tuck's clinic and demands her to hand him five envelopes containing photographs of the following game's test subjects from the box left to her in John Kramer's last request. So that was what was in the box. (laughs) The Saw 5 box. Uh, The game involves health insurance executive William Easton and his associates whose companies. A uh, dubious business policy turned down their client's coverage for medical treatment. After Hoffman abducts them to an abandoned zoo, William and his janitor Hank are suspended in chains with large metal visors that will crush their bodies each time they breathe in their oxygen masks. The visor kills Hank as William proceeds to his other free test to unlock the remaining bomb shackles from his limbs. The second test at an aquarium forces William to save his elderly secretary, A. D. Uh, over his file clerk Alan, who hangs to death from his barbed wire noose, uh, at the boiler room, William unwittingly skulls himself to release his lawyer, Debbie, who attacks him to retrieve a key inside his body and unlock a spear gun attached to her harness. But he manages to fight her off until her device kills her. William's last test involves six, uh, six of his uh, colleagues chained to a rotating roundabout, where he is only able to save two of them for a mounted shotgun. Uh, the game is viewed by mother Tara with her teenage son Brent and news journalist Pamela Jenkins from two opposite animal enclosures below the observation room. During the game, Hoffman is called away by Ericsson to the audio lab after obtaining the videotape. Uh, Ericsson, now aware of Strom's de- demise confronts Hoffman after discovering the abnormal abnormalities uh, found in Strom's fingerprints at the time of his death. Uh, when Hoffman's voice in what is a really great scene, when Ho- uh, oh my god, when Hoffman's voice is unscrambled from the tape, he kills Ericsson, Perez, and a technician before they could discover his identity as Jigsaw's accomplice.
1: So glad they brought Perez back. For that.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, I'll do you justice. She did get a few more scenes before this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hoffman returns to the observation room and finds the letter he wrote to Amanda Young, who indirectly uh, instigated Cecil's robbery at Jill's Clinton that resulted in her miscarriage. Uh, Hoffman used this knowledge. Uh, used this knowledge to blackmail Amanda into killing Dr. Lynn Denland from Saw Free. So at this point. Um, I'm sure you're probably all a little confused. So, Hoffman... So, Cecil, who caused the miscarriage from Jill Tuck, he was with Amanda that night, so she's partially to blame for it. So, Hoffman annoyed her with a letter into killing Lynn and killing her. Um, Yeah, basically. It's okay, stick with us, guys, stick with us. <laughs> Hopefully you've seen the film, so this, this doesn't really matter. And the letter was found by Pamela and given to Jill, who then uses it to ambush Hoffman. Uh, Jill, who had the remaining contents from that box, uh, including the sixth envelope with Hoffman's photo, restrains him and locks a modified reverse bear trap to his head, uh, which was fulfilling John's will to test Hoffman after his death. William reaches the end of his path and enters the cages where he reunites with Pamela, who was his sister. Uh, He is confronted by Tara and Brent, who were the family of Harold Abbott, a former client who succumbed to his heart disease after William recently denied his medical request.
1: Yeah, so um, throughout the the film, it's kind of suggested that the, the mother and son are his mother, and yeah. uh, his wife, yeah. and son, uh, and then the twist comes at the end because they, they they talk about his family mm-hmm. um, when it's actually his sister, and she is uh, and she's the one that he's trying to save. Yeah.
0: John's videotape informs Tara to decide uh, William's fate by using the lever in a cell that connects the tanks of hydrofluor hydroflu- some acid uh-huh. from each cage. When William and Pamela try to persuade the family, an enraged Brent pulls the lever, which releases a platform of needles that injects the acid into William, killing him and uh, leaving the mess behind. Yeah. Jill exits the room as Hoffman breaks his hands to escape his wrist restraints and pulls his head out of the bear trap with the door window tearing away his right cheek in the process after it springs open. Yes. Yes unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, as, as much as I really enjoyed this film, that end should not have happened. But that yeah.
1: should have been where the film ended.
0: But it, it is a really good film. That, no,
1: that should have been, sorry, where the, where the franchise, franchise ended. ended. Hoffman yeah. Yeah. should have been killed. We finally get to see what the reverse bear trap does. Yeah. Um, the nasty man who doesn't give uh, life insurance to people is killed. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, uh, the prophecy of Jigsaw is fulfilled with his test of mm-hmm. Hoffman, who fails the test, and it's you know Jigsaw's um, ex-wife who is left the final survivor. Yeah. Even though, even though she's not, she's not fully likable. Is she? I mean, she kind of knew what he was doing yeah. for a very long time.
0: Yeah, it brought it all full circle, but no, no, (laughs) needed to make more money. (laughs) Needed to make more dollar. If it had been the other way around, and if Saw Five had bombed, then I think that's I think they would have had the ending killing offman, and that would have been the end of it. So it's a shame that Saw Five made money, Um, but yeah, no, it's a good film. It's really good. It's it's one of the better sequels. Um, Yeah, it's just I mean you know the political commentary works. Uh, you know I'll give it to costas he's a he's a decent villain in this um even though he keeps tripping himself up you, i mean you want him to get caught anyway um yeah. but the, the whole scene where they unscramble the voice you know it's like shit he's got away again um but yeah no it's 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 a it's a good film yeah and it's it's
1: the most political yeah so the idea of the two lone sharks at the beginning uh, being punished uh and then you get the 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 guy um he's health insurance mm. um and the, the 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 man died because they wouldn't pay his insurance yeah that is the truth of the matter and it's hard it's hard for us here in the u k to really fathom that the idea that us, because obviously we have, um, public health care, mm. um, the idea that we could go to the hospital for what we perceive to be quite minor and it would cost us thousands and thousands yeah. of pounds is, is quite shocking. Um, 2008 was around the time of the global recession. Yeah. People were struggling greatly. Um, so it was very on point at that time and it's, it's an, a really interesting part of it you know these mm. are these are horror films we watch for the soap operatics we watch for the high levels of gore and the ridiculous horror of it all but it's also nice to have a little bit of a talking point or, or something to really think about um, just an extra layer of politics there um, and it it is throughout the whole of the the franchise. One thing that is consistent. If you want it to be, is that you can look at it as a morality tale. Yeah, absolutely.
0: A best trap is gonna be the shotgun carousel.
1: Yeah, really tense, actually. and it's it's incredible how they actually managed to make these characters that we, we'd never really met before. No. But we actually became quite invested in yeah, them. Yeah, it leaves um, you thinking,
0: wait, which one does deserve to live? Yeah,
1: and it's good that that was the length... Is that the lengthiest trap? Yeah, eight minutes. Eight minutes. You know, in that eight minutes, we, it, it really builds the tension for it all. It, really well done and a really clever idea for a trap. The uh, best kill would have to be William Easton's acid room death. Oh, my God. He melts like that dude from Robocop. He does. He does. And he's split in half as well. Yeah. It's like st- uh, street trash as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So good. most likable character is poor old Lindsay Perez. Fake to yes. death. I need to get killed again. Yes. All Tara, the mum. Yeah, yeah. She the was, was like You know,
1: she lost her husband, but she wasn't... She wasn't actually willing to get revenge in that way, no. but her son did, which is why we got our favorite kill
0: of the film. <laughs> most unlikable character was obviously Hoffman. Yeah, fulfilling his duties as a villain. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, actually, an actual villain is the most unlikable character. <laughs> Who would have thought it? I didn't. Amanda was in a flashback as well, though. She. Fucking well, him,
0: Yeah. <laughs> this brings us to what? What films does it bring us to, Chris? Um, big pile of dog
1: shit we like to call Saw 3D. Yeah, at
0: released in 2010. <laughs> um, Saw 3, did you need this fucking film? No. Surprisingly directed by the same director as Saw 6. Yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, I know it was rushed, but fuck me, this was ridiculous. Yeah. Made on a budget of $17 million and making $136.1 million. Um, it's still, you know, I mean, it's still the end of the franchise at this point. Uh, I don't think they expected to make that much money. Uh, it just shouldn't have made that much money. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, 2009 brought about the release of My Bloody Valentine 3D, uh, the first horror film to use the act state-of-the-art new Real-D 3D, um, where it's not blue and red, you just look like you're looking through a window, uh, basically. Yeah. Ah, uh, for anyone who hasn't experienced it yet, and of course, saw had to jump on this bandwagon. Uh, with one of the most ridiculous trailers I have ever fucking seen for a film, <laughs> yeah. where the audience gets strapped into traps. Yeah. Some of a pig mask someone out of the audience. Or- the trailer's better than the film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's. It. This was. A, I remember. It's been a big deal. This had. Uh, advanced screen. I went to an advanced screen of this. Ooh, um, digital fantasy. Yeah. Oh, my. I'm sure you can imagine my disappointment. Wow. Um, but it was Pat you know, uh, the 3D was a big deal. It, it was a big deal. Um, yeah. It's shame the film wasn't.
1: <sighs> yeah. I, I think, essentially, this film was made for the money. And the 3D. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, yeah but obviously, yeah. the 3D leads to the money. Yes. Uh, and because they want an excuse to bring Dr. Gordon back. Yes. They, they couldn't let it lie. They couldn't let it lie that he just didn't come back. Because he, he, at a the time, there was a big internet theory. Uh, in Saw 2, when uh, you see the video of someone setting up the eye trap at the start of the film with a guy in his underwear, uh, he, the guy's limping, so everyone was like, oh my God, it's definitely Dr. Gordon, it's definitely Dr. Gordon. So they had to fulfil it, and we've got this entire film. Do you think that... Because this did well at the box office. Uh, But
1: the whole idea is that this would be the final chapter because they didn't think it would maybe do as well. Do you think people went to see this because it was a 3D horror film? Yeah. Watched the film and had absolutely no fucking clue... I can guarantee you. ...whatsoever what was going on because they hadn't seen the other film. Yeah, They may have seen Saw 1 or 2... I was same. so with The Final Destination, we've done it on the podcast, go back and listen to it. Good episode. Um, the Final Destination. I had seen the first Final Destination film, hadn't seen any of the others, went to see that literally because it was in 3D. Yeah. And I didn't struggle, because there was no correlation between the previous films. But if I'd done the same with this, I would have had... No, it would have been even more abysmal than it actually is. How many no people idea. do you
0: think knew My Bloody Valentine was a remake? Oh, like... No one. Uh, no
1: one thought I saw knew. that in the cinema as well, and I did know. I did know. Yeah, because I, I like my older films. Yeah, I, I knew,
0: but I guarantee... A lot of people most... wouldn't
1: have known it was a remake. Exactly. You know? um, but what I, a
0: great title. I know, yeah. I know. Um. Same with Fright Night 3D as well. Um... But yeah, yeah, people knew the name. Yeah. They knew Saw. Yeah. They may not have seen any of them. The 3D at that point, massive selling point. Yeah. That's probably why most people would have seen it. Absolutely. So, um, I well,
1: the trailer made it look like a completely different film. Well,
0: some people didn't even have a fucking choice in Massachusetts oh. branch of Showcase Cinema. The film was additionally uh, accidentally screened instead of the three D animated film Megamind, oh, sure. traumatizing its young audience because it does start with the end of the first film. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> There's no hiding, um, the gore in this film. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, Megamind's a better film, but you know.
1: I've never seen Megamind, any It's, it's alright, so. Yeah.
0: Probably the best Will, Will Ferrand film. Feral? I was going to say yeah. Will Ferrell not it? I know. I know, it's shocking. It's um, main main despite receiving top villain and portraying the main villain, Tobin Bal only has three minutes of screen time in this film, <laughs> and he's wearing a backwards baseball cap throughout all of it. Oh my god, it looks so good. <laughs> Had to be submitted six times to obtain an R rating from the MPAA. Uh, avoid NC 17. Before the film opened, it was revealed by Lionsgate, the producers and the writers that uh, this was the end of the Saw franchise. Uh, uh, but for now, more films were uh, no, not considered for the future. However, it was stated that it could be several years before a new one came out. And it finally happened. Seven years later, Jigsaw came out. At um, the Closet, Madden John Kramer. <sighs> Never mind. No? Nothing? No. What was okay. that? Let me trying to force a joke into this shit film. Oh. Um, the Garage Trap was written for an earlier film in the series, but the producers felt it was too disturbing to show it in a film. For an unknown reason, they finally allowed it to be filmed. It was the best trap in the film, so. Yeah, it was. Costas was not a fan of the 3D filming process, calling it more tedious and longer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like your performance. <laughs>
0: Over twenty five gallons of fake and very pink blood were used in this film, (laughs) more than two and a half times the amount used in Saw Two. Yeah, why is it fucking pink? It's really pink. So pink, it's stupid. The film was banned in Germany; however, the ban was reversed in twenty thirteen. Chester Bennington. Germany. Chester Bennington, uh, rest in peace, lead singer of Linkin Park, consorted with an acting coach for his role in this film. Is that necessary? Really wasn't necessary. um in January I remember this drama unfolding I, I was completely up to date with it at all times uh, on January 25th 2010 news you hit that director spirit, hey. David Hackle had officially been let go from the film his replacement was to be serious veteran uh, Kevin Grotar who directed saw six and served as an editor for saw saw two and saw three and saw four and saw five. This movie was... This move... Not movie. This move was due to the fact that Gruta had signed on to direct rival franchise, what? Paranormal Activity oh 2. Oh, um, Which was to be released... And they did do this. This was really shitty of them. Released on the same day as Saw 3D. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there was a constant back and forth. Um, the drama was unfolding on a weekly basis. It was great to watch. Um... Fearing low box office uh, grosses, Lionsgate enforced Grew uh, contractual obligation to the franchise and made him direct this film. Oh, wow. Instead of Paranormal Activity. Two. Two. Did Gabby yeah. West win her role in this film through Screen Queens as well? Just like uh, Simone in the previous film?
1: Yeah, I feel bad for her though because she barely got any screen time. No, she didn't. She's literally just she just gets squished by a car. That's it. Yeah. Could yeah. Could've been
0: anyone. Um, not screened in advance of critics again uh, in early two thousand nine. Producers viewed the original Saw film converted to three D, and they were so impressed that the uh, they decided to do this one in three D. Oh God. <laughs> At San Diego Comic Con, the film was referred to as Saw three D. The traps come alive. Oh God. At a press conference, and many tabloids reported that this was the film's official title, and the producers had to confirm that the traps come alive was just a tagline and a fucking stupid tagline at that. The traps come alive (laughs) with the sound of music. Um, An unused concept for the opening trap was that it would be placed on top of a high building, but you know budget. Oh, even yeah. with that budget they ain't gonna to do oh, that highest body count uh, of the franchise of 27 not counting Hoffman because you know the final entry was left open ended um, and speaking of the ending uh, the idea that Dr Gordon throws the saw out of the bathroom away from Hoffman's reach was Carrie Owl's idea Ooh. The film's writers uh, claim that the hacksaw simultaneously being thrown into the camera as a 3D effect was the idea of the film's director Kevin Grota. Oh, very good. So, would you like to tell us what happens in this shit show? Oh,
1: God. I'm going to make this one quick and do everyone <laughs> some justice. Dr. Lawrence Gordon has survived his test after sawing off his foot to escape the bathroom, and along the way, he cauterizes his ankle stump with a steam pipe. Five years later, another game takes place in a home improvement storefront of a public square where two men, Brad and Ryan, are bound to opposite sides of a work table secured to a sliding carriage with buzz saws while their mutual lover, Dina, is suspended Mm. above a third saw. Dina the slag. The men have 60 seconds to shove the saws into their opponent to save Dina, who had manipulated both of them into fulfilling her needs by committing crimes. <laughs> Realising her betrayal, Ryan and Brad concede a truce and they drive the saw blade towards Dina, bisecting her and punishing
0: her for... Being a slag? Being, yeah. <laughs> what, been, not really? But no, oh, yeah, that is incredibly misogynistic. Really, it's really. It ing- really is. And it's really revealing as well, her outfit she's wearing when she's going down. It's yeah. like, oh, guys, really. And it's kind of, I feel and like... on public display as well. Yeah. That that's pub- never been done in this franchise no, until this point. No,
1: public display in a storefront, loads of people watching. Yeah, connected to nothing else. Connected either. to nothing else. A very petty dispute between, uh, you know... Uh, love Triangle. Mm. Um, really just... I feel like the filmmakers wanted us to cheer this one. Like, yeah, get yeah. Yeah. yeah, how dare yeah, you. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, really... Ugh. After witnessing Mark Hoffman's survival from his trap, Jill Turk seeks help from internal affairs detective Matt Gibson and offers to incriminate Hoffman in exchange for protection and immunity. Meanwhile, Hoffman abducts a gang of skinhead white supremacists for absolutely no reason and places <laughs> them in a trap. I don't know. Well abandoned... they are they are Nazis, aren't they? Yeah, but they are, but he this isn't his this isn't what he does these for. No, he, he is a slasher villain in this one. He is full yeah, on slasher Yeah, he's villain. full on slasher villain. It's not it tends to be when people specifically have done something yeah. that ties them together, whereas these are these are friends. But there's no specific event or anything like... Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so he places them in a trap at an abandoned junkyard that kills all four of them. Uh, so that Chester Bennington... Yeah. Um, he's, like, glued to his car. Mm-hmm. And he's topless as well,
0: isn't he? Yeah, he's topless. He's, he's topless. topless. Did we have anyone topless in Saw 6? We didn't. No. <gasps> Oh, Saw so Fiverr did though. Yeah. the pendulum trout. Yes. Uh
1: but yeah, Chester Bennington he's um pretty much super glued to the front seat of his car. Yeah. He tries to get out and in he the, the car goes, it drives forward, which rips off the jaw of his friend. He The car squishes the car one. squishes the winner of Screen Queens. Yeah, squishes the head. Season two, um, so... Uh, and then that, run over someone else. All that effort she went to, and she doesn't even have a single line. No. And then runs over another one of his friends. He crashes and goes flying through, ripping all the skin off his back. Anyway... Uh, yeah, Hoffman also captures Bobby Dagan, a self-help guru who achieved fame and fortune by falsifying a story of his own survival. Bobby awakens in an abandoned psychiatric hospital and is informed that he has one hour to save his wife Joyce who is chained to a steel platform that gradually pulls her down as she watches Bobby's progress. After escaping his cage hanging over a floor of spikes Bobby navigates his way through the asylum, attempting to complete his other tests and to rescue Nina, his publicist, Suzanne, his lawyer and Kale, his best friend, all all who knew of Bobby's lies and aided him in fabricating his story. But despite his efforts to save them, all of them are killed in their respective traps. Bobby eventually unlocked the door with a combination from his upper wisdom teeth, ...and reunites with his wife... ...in a really fucking horrible scene. Yeah. I, I'm, You know, I, I'm not a fan of the dentist, so... Yeah, he has to pull his own teeth out... ...to see the cards behind Uh Gibson discovers the location of Bobby's game... ...and sends a SWAT team... ...who are sealed in another room... ...and killed by toxic gas. Finding Hoffman's command centre... Gibson realises that Hoffman gained access to the police station during the games, having been brought into the morgue in a body bag with the intent of hunting down Jill. Before he is able to warn the station, Gibson is killed by an automatic turret gun along with both of his men quite ridiculous and automatic turrican. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bobby is forced to reenact his, his supposed escape from the trap he survived by driving two hooks through his pectoral muscles and hoisting himself above the ceiling to deactivate Joyce's trap. However, before Bobby is able to close the circuit, his strength fails and he falls, unable to continue. As the time expires, a brazen ball capsule closes around Joyce and incinerates her. Elsewhere, Hoffman infiltrates the police station, killing everyone in his path before reaching Jill and executing her with the original reverse bear trap. Do we finally get to see what it looks like? One film too late. Hoffman then destroys his workshop and begins to leave town, but is subdued by three pig-masked figures, of which the leader reveals himself to be Dr. Gordon, Now an accomplice to Jigsaw, who found him after he escaped from the bathroom and ordered him to protect Jill to fulfil his legacy. Gordon shackles Hoffman in the same bathroom where he was tested before tossing the hacksaw he had used to saw his foot off and out of the room and seals the door, leaving Hoffman to die.
0: But does he know? I mean, that's so open ended. Yeah, and the f- the fact that so many people
1: who were locked in that room didn't actually die before yeah, yeah. Um, leaves it
0: open. ended I'm just so pissed off if Costas comes back in Spiral. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not good. It's not good. It's re- <laughs> it's really poorly made. Um, it's... Re- I don't get the... Really ridiculous.
0: The whole misogynistic thing introduced in this one. Um, I mean, obviously you've got the opening thing. You have a stupid fucking dream sequence where Jill Tucker's in a really skimpy nightdress. Yeah. Um, and when she's killed, um, the, the dummy used for her corpse, you know, one of her tits are hanging out. Um, yeah. the fact that Jill is beaten and then put in this trap rather than Hoffman, um, you know... Yeah, it's it just doesn't sit well. and No. It's, the fact it's forced. It's so forced. The, Jill is aware
1: of what Jigsaw was doing, but she never actually got improperly in, involved no. in any of it. And it feels like she's punished when... You know, the whole thing is, there was a really big deal about this bear trap, reverse bear trap. Mm. We didn't see it happen in the first film. It took on sort of... A life of its own in advertising yeah it's in throughout the films you see it and finally the moment where we're gonna see it in action but it's on jill Mm. and it just kind of feels a bit like what did did it have to happen to a a woman yeah and and maybe you know we're we're stretching it out a bit far but it should have been hoffman Mm. he was the killer In this film, he is basically a slasher movie Mm. killer. Yeah. You know, a lot of the 27 deaths. The majority of them have absolutely nothing to do with any traps. No. Um, At one point, he goes around just stabbing people in the neck. Yeah. Um, He turns into the Terminator, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. He That should have been the conclusion to it. Yeah. He should have done... I don't even think... And the fact that Dr. Gordon was meant to protect Jill... Well, he did a fucking shit job of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He did an awful job of it. Yeah. He didn't even fucking try. It's just, I don't, I really don't understand why they were so desperate to get Dr. Gordon back into the fucking no. film that they had to
0: have this ridiculous ending. Yeah. Fucking thrown a saw at the for CGI, sco- uh, CGI saw at the screen. <laughs> yeah. Just looks stupid. It's
1: just, it, it feels like it's completely unfought out. It rushed, mm. um, a lot of it looks cheap, and, you know, even by th- that standard, um, it just it just didn't play out very well, really bad, just really bad. It's such a shame, because it actually, here's me saying that they all felt quite repetitive, it would have been nice if it was in keeping with the other films as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Best trap, uh, the Chester Bennington one, the horsepower trap as it's known. Um, yes. It is the nastiest yeah, out of is. all of them. Um, the effects for his back being removed from the seat, they look disgusting. Yeah, that actually did look good.
1: Um,
0: Credit where it's due. The best kill, I mean, as much as it shouldn't have been Jill Talk, it, it was cool to see the bear trap used. It's finally, yeah. Um, you know, it's quite, it was quite a satisfying result despite the wrong character. Most likeable character. Poor Joyce Dagan. Speaking of from being misogynistic, she got a real fucking rough deal. She did. Um, yeah, because by all accounts, her husband survived. Oh, well, yeah. He just got some, like, muscle ripped off. It's, you know, before this point, all we get is, you know, the whole, oh, he didn't kiss her on TV. He didn't kiss her on TV. Oh, my God, he didn't kiss her on TV. Uh And then she's just thrown into this fucking trap. But just she didn't know that it was fake. no. No. So the whole idea was they were getting
1: punished. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Yeah. Because they knew of Bobby's. I think Bobby, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, of Bobby's deception. Yeah. Whereas she didn't, and she gets incinerated, and we see her incinerated. I was just like, um, was that really necessary?
0: Yeah, and um, most unlikable characters, uh, Bobby is definitely one of them. He's just so. I mean. Just, come on, really? Faking a jigsaw trap to get fame? What a stupid fucking storyline. Uh, But also, Matt Gibson, (laughs) played by uh, the guy who plays Todd in Final Destination, the shitting guy from Final Destination. Oh my God, yeah. Well, I, I say he's the worst actor out of this entire film, but... Everybody, Betsy Russell, Costas, they, they all forget how to auto act in this film. Yeah, they do. Every performance in this film was terrible. Yeah. But this guy, hit some of his line delivery, uh, including the scene where he tells Jill that she's real crazy, you know that, crazy, crazy. Um, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, why did this character exist? That's why it yeah. feels like this Oh, is because absurd. they forced Yeah, they forced in a, a scene Where he apparently witnessed Costas doing some police brutality Yeah Why? Why would you kill Strom And then just have Another
1: police detective yeah. character appear It's absolutely ridiculous Yeah
0: that brings us on to what is currently, uh, until next week, our latest entry in the Saw franchise, Jigsaw, released in 2017. A really random time, um, considering the Torch Porn phase have completely died out by this point. I don't know, I don't, like, why was this really randomly Jeez, it's released? So, yeah. It's so weird. It's a good thing it was. Again, Light like Saw 6, this is one of the strongest sequels. I didn't like it at first, but after re-watching it, after watching all the other films as well... Um, yeah, it it makes sense. It works. Uh, directed by Michael and Peter Spurig, who also made Undead Daybreakers, uh, Predestination, and Winchester. Oh God! The Halle <laughs> Mirren film. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Made on a budget of ten million dollars, and even though this is randomly released in twenty seventeen, made hundred and three million dollars at the box office. Had a
1: lot of advertising. It did. It did. It had a lot of advertising. We saw that everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Fright Fest that year, <laughs> Fest.
0: we watched the trailer for this film,
1: what felt like 50 times. It was. It was a lot. But even elsewhere as well, yeah. there was a lot of advertising for it. Uh,
0: upon the film's success, Twisted Pictures greenlit both a ninth and 10th installment to the series. Oh, wow. Which makes me think maybe Spiral story might take a little bit from the ending of this film. If that was greenlit back then, who knows? Uh, Tobin Bell stated that he... <laughs> He's not interested in having John Kramer appear alongside other slasher horror icons, so stop asking him, guys. Oh. In future films, um, so he doesn't want a crossover film. Okay, but he's
1: not—he's <laughs> not a slasher horror he icon. He referred to
0: himself as a slasher. <laughs> But he's not, though, is he? He's not in the apparently, center. he was really... And no, this is only rumour. This, is, this isn't is official tea. Okay. But apparently, to rumours, he was really rude to people for the love of horror. Uh-huh. He really... You think Costas loves himself. Tobin bow thinks he is the shit. Oh, wow. Uh, apparently, he was brushing people. Um, yeah. He, he apparently isn't the nicest person to speak to. Oh, Wow. Uh, but yeah, so stop everyone. Stop asking Tobin to appear alongside Michael Myers for a future Halloween film. that Not even work? It, it wouldn't work. work. It's fucking stupid. Um, the film was specifically written as a way to minimise on the torturous and extreme violence of the previous series installments. Uh, instead, opting for a feeling of uh, claustrophobia along with gloss and style. Okay. Yeah, it's not got the gritty, dirty feeling that some of the other ones have got from no. the cinematography. It does feel like a well-made film. Um, it is still gory and violent, but I, I would say it probably is the least goriest out of... Yeah, I would everything. actually
1: agree. Yes, thinking about
0: it. Uh, as part of a traditional blood drive, um, I know a lot of the other films supported the American Red Cross and they would sell off posters uh, for charity and uh, everything. yes. Uh, Tobin Bell. Uh, donated some real blood to one of the posters because that's the type of guy he is. Oh, wow. Um, each person that would donate blood at specific locations during specific times would receive a free cinema ticket to go see Jigsaw. Nice. <laughs> uh, and they had blood drive promotional posters because I don't know if you're familiar with the posters of the other films where um, you'd have nurses with, like, needles coming out of them and stuff. Have they no. seen? Yeah. That was a very much a, a regular thing with the franchise. They had oh, them for this one, um, but they changed it up to be more diverse, and they're all representatives in the LGBTQIA plus community. Okay. Uh, Susan Barsh, a ball planner and club promoter, film critic and interviewer Gray Drake, fitness guru Dan Rockwell, uh, models Naya Kim, Gatwich, Mush and Sean Dross. As well as makeup artist Mikey and plastic surgery transgender icon uh, Amanda Lepore. Oh, wow. All used in, in posters to promote the film. I didn't know that. I want to see that Amanda Lepore one. Yeah. Um, this competed against Happy Death Day at the box office. Ah. Oh. Uh, Happy Death Day was definitely what we saw together. Yes. Yeah. I, I saw this on my own because you hadn't watched your films by this point. Um, but that. Definitely, it beat Jigsaw. In the box office made lots more money. The film was originally classified R eighteen plus by the Australian Office of Film and Literature Classifications, with ratings advice of high impact horror violence. The distributor in Australia, Studio Canal, decided to appeal this rating uh, to the Classifications Review Board, and on October twentieth, twenty seventeen, the Review Board overturned the uh, R eighteen overturned. overturned the R eighteen plus rating, and it to M A fifteen plus with advice of strong themes and strong horror violence. But again, it's like, you know, Australia, where have you been for the last, like, <laughs> seven films, seriously? It's,
1: it's very true. And a
0: body count of 14 in The swarm. Um. so not quite as much as Saw 3D, but higher than... Saw 3 D is the highest, isn't yeah. it? Um, and the
1: lowest, isn't
0: the
1: lowest, like, 13? Uh, no, lowest is 6 was oh, the first film. Oh, 15. yeah, I suppose so, yeah.
0: So, nearly a decade after the death of John Kramer, criminal uh, Edgar Munson is pursued by the police. After being cornered by detectives Halleron and Keith Hunt, he claims that he must start another game in exchange for his own survival and activates a remote trigger before he gets shot out of his hand. However, a shot hits Edgar in the chest and he collapses. Elsewhere, five people Mitch, Anna, Ryan, Carly, and an unconscious man. Uh, awaken inside a barn with buckets on their heads and chains around their necks. A tape recorded from John Kramer explains that they have all sinned and must sacrifice some blood to survive before the chains begin pulling them towards a wall of buzzsaws, Very much like the one in Saw 5. Yes. But better, I'd say, done better here. Yeah, yeah. Most of the group survived by cutting themselves, uh, except for the unconscious man who awakens too late. The next test reveals that Carly is a purse snatcher who accidentally caused the death of an asthmatic woman. To save the others from being hanged, she must inject herself with one of the three needles, one containing an antidote to a poison in her system, another one saline, and the last one acid. She refuses, so Ryan stabs her of all three, killing her and saving the others. Uh, in a death similar to that of Kill Bill Volume 1. With the hit to the back of the head and the tears of blood. Oh, yeah. Um, Halloran and Hunt investigate the discovery of... Hunt. Co- <laughs> Hunt, uh, of corpses that appear to be the unconscious man in Carly, whose deaths fit John's modus operandi. Uh, Halloran becomes suspicious of pathologists Logan and Eleanor. Later, Edgar is abducted from the hospital and his corpse is found inside John's grave... ...when it is exhumed by the police. Meanwhile, Ryan attempts to escape through a door with the words No Exit on it... ...but his leg falls through loose floorboards and is ensnared by wires. Another tape recorder reveals that he will be punished for breaking the rules... ...and must pull a lever to be set free. Anna and Mitch enter a silo and are trapped inside... ...forcing Ryan to pull the lever and sever his leg to rescue them... Uh the scene in this is, is my favourite trap from the film, spoiler. Alert. Uh it is intense. Just they're being filled up with grain. Isn't is a grain, isn't it, they're being filled up with? Yeah, yeah. Uh and random sharp objects falling down nearly hitting them. It's it's really intense. Uh Eleanor reveals to Logan that she's a fangirl of Jigsaw, a regular visitor at the website jigsawrules.com.
1: <laughs> is that rules with a Z? Uh yes it is. Yeah
0: and has built replicas of many of his traps in her studio, but now fears that this might incriminate her. I don't know why. I know, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bit weird. Um,
1: I wish they maybe had delved a little deeper into this, and the whole idea of uh, hero-worshipping yeah. killers.
0: Um, Hunt follows them and informs Halloran, that's where Mitch is revealed to have sold a motorcycle with a faulty brake to John, Kramer's nephew, resulting in his death, and is tested by being lowered into a funnel with a spiral-shaped blade powered by a motorcycle engine inside. He attempts to stop the blade by reaching a brake at the bottom of the funnel, but is ultimately killed and uh, comes out like he's been in a food spiraliser. He does spiraliser. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, Food Blender. Food, well, no, you know there's spiral things for courgettes. Yes, yeah. No, 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 no. So, the new film's going to be called Spiral. I know, yeah, they should have just saved it for that one. But it's, it's very much a thing, isn't it? It's a design on Billy the Puppet. Um, I suppose so. The Carousel, it's always yeah. been a regular thing. Uh, Halloran finds a corpse appearing to be Mitch in Eleanor's studio and calls for her in Logan's arrest. Logan convinces Hunt to let them go after telling him that the bullet which hit Edgar was fired by Halloran... ...whom he and Eleanor suspect is the new Jigsaw killer. <gasps> Eleanor deduces the game's location. and She and Logan depart for the barn, with Halloran in pursuit. Meanwhile, Hunt finds Jigsaw-shaped pieces of flesh in Halloran's freezer... ...further incriminating Halloran. In the barn, Anna and Ryan are shackled to pipes at opposite ends of a room... And in a scene that, even though I was in the cinema my, on my own, I did gasp out loud because I could not believe my eyes. John Kramer, apparently still alive, confronts them and reveals that Anna suffocated her baby and framed her husband, who eventually committed suicide, and Ryan caused his friend's death in a car accident. <gasps> this whole John Kramer being alive thing, I was gagged. Absolutely gagged. Because that, at that point to me, that was too far. That Was jumping the shark too far? I could have walked out of the cinema at that point, and I never oh, would have. I never would have. Out of
1: annoyance,
0: a, a bit of both surprise and annoyance. I just yeah. couldn't believe they went there. Like, I mean, at that point, I thought, How? Oh, no, we've seen his autopsy. How? How is this possible? Um, and then also the whole Anna suffocating a baby thing and framing her husband who committed suicide with that is so dark.
1: That is very dark. That was that was quite. I'm not saying the film's light hearted before <laughs> then, but it wasn't it wasn't like as dark yeah, as, as that. It's like
0: something from Saw Three. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like on a different level.
0: For the final test he leaves them a shotgun loaded with one shell and departs, saying that is the key to their survival. Anna tries to shoot Ryan but the gun backfires and kills her, and Ryan finds the keys among the Debris um the Debris what Debris More. Debris. Debris. Headed inside the shell and destroyed in the blast. With no way to free himself, he is left to die. Logan and Eleanor are ambushed by Halloran at the barn. Uh, Eleanor escapes whilst Halloran is drugged by an unseen assailant, leaving Eleanor open for a spiral. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but um, Halloran's drugged. Logan and Halloran awaken in collars rigged with laser cutters. ...and are told to confess their sins to survive. Halloran forces Logan to go first... ...and he confesses to mislabelling John's x-rays... ...years prior, causing his cancer to go undiagnosed. Despite confessing, Logan is apparently killed. Halloran then admits to allowing criminals to walk free... ...for personal gains, and his collar deactivates. But, in a parallel to the first film... ...Logan isn't dead, uh, stands up, he's still alive... And also the man who apparently died in uh, the first barn game, which occurred ten years prior. So the buckethead that didn't make it, yes. essentially, deciding that Logan should not die over an honest mistake, uh, John Kramer saved him and recruited him as his first apprentice. Logan then reveals that he framed Halloran as the new Jigsaw killer as revenge for releasing Edgar, who killed Logan's wife and that he recreated the barn games using other criminals that Halloran let go as victims. Uh, claiming that he and Halloran were the fir- were the final participants and that Halloran broke the rules by forcing him to go first, Logan reactivates the collar and slices Halloran's head open. Uh, also revealed within that scene before the ending is that the games that took place where John Kramer was alive happened ten years ago. Yes. So... John Crane is still dead. Yeah, he is still dead. Um, but very clever editing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually... Uh, I suppose maybe I was waiting for something uh, uh, more ridiculous. Yeah. So it caught me off guard <laughs> um, that it was actually quite simple. Yeah. In the, the, uh, the way they brought him back to life.
0: Yeah, and, and you know... You know Logan is essentially pretty much a slasher villain in this film. You know, going off, killing people. It's not a case of, um, you know, people in traps doing things to keep themselves alive. This is a guy getting revenge for his dead wife, um, which changes it up. Yeah. You know this. This does feel like the most different out of all of them since the first film. Uh you know, it's his own story. There's a few holes. Yeah.
1: Let's be honest. Um, but it's 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 good. It's it's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it felt it felt like a very up to date version of it. Yeah. I've uh, saw. Uh, the best trap I'd say was the grain silo trap. Do you have a different one?
1: I certainly do have a different one. I thought that the the grain one was good up until the objects started falling. Okay. And quite a few of them fell and I just thought it was a little ridiculous <laughs> that none of them hit. Um, <clears throat> And so my best trap was the bucket heads.
0: Yeah.
1: I Um, liked the visuals on that. Yeah.
0: The best kill was Detective Halloran's laser collar death. That is true. Where his head peels open like a fucking onion. It does, yeah. Like a Terry's chocolate orange, should we say. It does, yeah.
1: Or like a banana.
0: Yeah. Uh, Most likable character? Probably Keith Hunt, uh, the detective. I mean not many options in this one. No. Um, most unlikable character is Anna. I mean, what an evil bitch! Fucking hell. She, yeah, she was. Yeah, it's just a dark storyline for her. And before that point, you know she's a really likable lead
1: as well. You do think that she's going to be the lead. Yeah, it is weird in these films because you kind of, you you get behind someone and they just end up dead. Yeah. And then you start to realize that everyone you ever get behind just ends up dead. Anyway, Yeah. So it, it's not like... That's why I wouldn't really class them as slasher films. Yeah. Because you don't you don't get a final girl. You you don't really get a final guy. No. Um, you just... The person who lives is the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of these films, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it, it's sort of... It's hard to figure out who you need to root for because you kind of know that they're going to
0: be killed off by the end of the film Sure. why bother <laughs> but that is it that is uh, that was the latest entry with Spiral from the Book of Sword being released everywhere apart from the UK this Friday uh, May 14th but released in the UK on May 17th
1: yeah really excited for that yeah um, it's Chris Rock isn't it yeah
0: Chris Rock is uh, starring
1: he produced it wrote it Samuel L. Jackson.
0: Samuel L. Jackson in the saw film. That is fucking weird.
1: But apparently Chris Rock is a big fan of the film. Yeah. So he's hopefully going to stay true to the formula, but bring his own twist to it. Yeah,
0: I mean, in the trailers have revealed that they're aware of John Kramer and you know everything that's came before it. So I'm interested to see how, how this ties into the films or if it's just going to be its own item. Yeah. But yeah, we shall see. For now, my ranking of the franchise Saw 3D, of course, in last place. Yeah. Saw 5 in 7th, Saw 3 in 6th, Saw 4 in 5th, Saw 6 in 4th, Jigsaw in 3rd, Saw 2 in 2nd place, and, of course, in 1st place is the first film, Saw. Yes.
1: So, my top 10... Top 10? Why am I saying top 10? There's 8 of them. But mine in... <laughs> Worst to best is Saw 3D, Saw 5, Saw 4, Saw 3, Jigsaw, Saw 6, Saw 2, and the original at number 1. Yeah.
0: Uh, best traps, top ten best traps. I think we agree on these. Apart from the green silo trap. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would swap that out for bucket heads. Yeah. In 10th place we have the horsepower trap from Saw 3D. In ninth place is ten points of sacrifice from Saw Five because that is a really fucking graphic death. I bah, hate shit, it's not even a death scene. No. It's um you know it doesn't result in anyone's death, but have you ever gotten a paper cut in between <laughs> your fingers? Exactly, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Awful. Um yeah, really, really great scene with some great practical effects. Eighth place, for me, Grain Silo trap bucket heads. Uh, bucket heads for Chris from Jigsaw. Seventh is the pendulum from Saw Five. In sixth place is the Scalp wig Snatcher from uh, Saw 4. Yes. In fifth place is the Venus Flytrap Death Mask from Saw 2.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, fourth place is the Shotgun Carousel from Saw 6. In third place is the Rack from Saw 3. In second place is the Reverse Bear Trap from Saw, Saw 6, and Saw 3D. And of course, in first place is the Needle Pit from Saw 2. Yeah. yeah. Because, ouch.
1: Yeah, just, it's really gruesome visual. Yeah. Um, it's one of those that makes you wince. Uh-huh. It really does. And, yeah, just, uh, it kind of, for me, it sort of epitomises uh, what the sort of Saw films are about. Yeah. Um, to a certain degree. I mean, it's not as elaborate as others, but, but sort of as the films go on, they get yeah. more and more elaborate.
0: Um, but, Yeah. Yeah, so yes. that is the Saw franchise, as covered by us in two very long episodes. Yes. Overall, Saw franchise, what would you say? I mean, you know, I, I've been invested in it from day one, so I, I love the franchise. Not for Saw 3D. Um, you know, when it's good, it's really good. I mean, the first film, you know, it's, it's a classic now. When it's average, it's very fucking average. Uh, and then when it's bad, it's Saw 3D. So it's... it's. I mean, it's not... I can't even say it's up and down. Because everything else can be classed as at least a good film. Yeah. Apart from Saw 3D. Yeah. So overall, you know, it is it is a really decent franchise.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's only one dude in the bunch. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy... You, this kind of film that we've described to you, you know, if, if you haven't watched them, um, then I would say go out and watch them if you, if it sounds like the kind of thing that you would enjoy. Over-the-top gore, um, lots of twists, red herrings, uh, convoluted story. Uh, <laughs> if that's the kind of thing you like, though, you have a lot to enjoy here. Um, yeah, it goes on a long time maybe a few too many films um, because it feels repetitive but it's enjoyable I I would at least say watch the first three yeah Yeah. Well, at least watch the first I three I
0: mean you could watch the first three and watch Jigsaw and you wouldn't even know anything's it's happened true. Um, it's true but yeah so there we go that is the Saw franchise yes uh, as I mentioned on the first episode you know here's upon social media Horrible Trash over on Facebook and Instagram Horrible Trash on Twitter talk to us about this franchise and if you're looking forward to Spiral I'm Dan at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Cruise 92 on Twitter and GazMed205 on Instagram.
1: I am ChrisBarker823
0: on Letterboxd, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and rate, review and subscribe if you listen on iTunes, like a follow anything else. We'll be back next week uh, with something.
1: Yes, it's my choice again and I haven't chosen yet.
0: <laughs> Should be used to it now. Um, yeah we uh, may even let you know our thoughts on Spiral As oh no no hang on we record on Sundays no we won't never mind um, so we'll be back record on a Sunday today's Tuesday oh yeah sorry duh it's midnight sorry i am ruin the illusion <laughs> but we'll see you same time same place next week bye, bye.